So today, what are we going to talk about? We joke around sometimes and say, hey, what are you going to preach about? And we just say, Jesus. And, um, but today we are going to talk about Jesus. Well, we do all the time, but the title is, It's All About Jesus. It's All About Jesus. All About Jesus. And I was just uh, thinking, if I was to walk around town and just ask everybody, or even, you know, in here about how do you define yourself? How is it that you are defined? Uh, what, what, what do you, who do you think you are? I would get different answers. You know, I would get some people that would answer by race. They would say, well, I'm, I'm white, I'm black, I'm Hispanic, I'm Asian, and so forth. You will get people that define themselves that way. You will get some that define themselves by, by what they do for a living. You know, well, I'm a pastor, or I'm a teacher, I'm a police officer, I'm a protest leader, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you will get people that describe themselves uh, how, about, basically by what they do. But um, just the other day, I heard this man give a message, and it was, it was just um, very inspiring to me to hear this. And, and this man, you know, began to speak about his identity, and, and uh, this is a, a black man, and he says... Uh, that he's grown up in black neighborhoods, in black communities. He went to an all-black elementary school, he went to an all-black middle school, went to all-black high school. When he went to college, he went to uh, you know, uh, traditionally black universities and colleges, and the you know, churches in his community were all black, and that's where he went. Um, this man is also a man of God, and um, God was speaking to him one day and, and about his identity. And as he spoke to him, this was a, like a revelation to him, and he struggled with it because God told him that you are not defined by the color of your skin. God basically told him, you're not black. And he struggled with that because all of his identity has been wrapped up in that, wrapped up in, 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 in that he is a black man and that he has, you know, struggled with the struggles that the, the culture has struggled with. But God told him, that is not who you are. He said, you are a spiritual being that does not have limitations. And that is who we all are. We are spiritual beings that do not have limitations. And that is how God sees us. And for this man, he struggled with this because he, he, he saw himself a certain way. But when he saw how God saw him, it, it, you know, it was hard for him to, to see that, but then he was freed by that. In the same way, we, we all should be freed by seeing how God looks at us. You know, yes, we are here, but it is God who sees us for who we are, and we are spiritual beings that are here to serve God for the glory of God. And that's significant. It is very significant. Thank you. It is very significant. Why? Because if there are going to be changes, you know, the world is, is screaming for changes. But if there really is going to be changes, if there's going to be changes in the hearts and the minds of people, then we need to go to the one, the one that has the authority, the authority to bring about change in the hearts and minds. And that is Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus Christ that we can bring change because change starts in the heart and in the minds. Are you with me, church? Amen. If you feel like saying amen, screaming amen, I have no problem with that. You know, we're here to praise God. We're here to glorify God. So that's why I want to read this scripture in Matthew. If you have your, your Bibles or you can look at our PowerPoint, it says Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose this way, that way. 
But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. The thing is, we, don't, we can't look for shortcuts to the Lord. We can't go looking around for shortcuts and easy, easy ways to have a successful life. You know, that stuff will fall short. You know, and people follow that all the time. But that's not what we are here to do. We, if we want to find life and the way to life is God, then we must go through the narrow gate and the narrow road. And that road is vigorous and it requires total attention. Are you hearing me? That road requires total attention. And that narrow gate is Christ Jesus. That means we have to give total attention in our lives to our walk with God. That means we have to go 100% in our lives, in our walk with God. It means we surrender all to our Lord Jesus and we walk the way God wants us to walk because you cannot enter the kingdom of God through any other gate or any other means. There is no other way to be saved. If you do not enter through Christ Jesus, you will not be saved. If you do not enter through Christ Jesus, there is no hope for you. If you do not enter through Christ Jesus, there is nothing for you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. All of those who, who miss that gate will miss Jesus. They will miss forgiveness. They will miss standing firm with Jesus. They will miss standing next to God. And what they will have is a separation from him. And that is hell, to be separated from God. So I want to talk about salvation for a moment. Now, why God gave me this message today, I'm not sure, but God never makes mistakes. And God knows why this word is being preached this morning. Salvation. A person is saved through faith in Christ Jesus. We are saved through faith. But you know what is happening? There are a lot of people, a lot of people in our churches that are not putting their trust in Christ. There are a lot of people who are failing to put their trust in God. And then you know what? They've made a decision a long time ago. A long time ago, they made a decision that they would trust in God. But that's where they're putting their trust, in a decision. They're putting their trust in that they answered a few questions. And they said yes to those questions. Somebody asked them one day, are you a sinner? And they said yes. Do you want to go to heaven? They said, yes. You want to ask Jesus into your heart? Yes, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And then if you do, you are saved. And many people will tell you that they are saved. Many people will tell you that they are saved, but their lives tell a different story. I've heard multiple times about people serving in the church for many, many years. And this hurts my heart when I hear stories like this. People serving in the church for many, many years and then later on admit that they are not saved. We have people that are saying they don't believe anymore. If you Google it, you'll see mainstream artists, Christian artists, who are renouncing their faith in Christ Jesus. Just to name a couple. There's Marty Sansom from Hillsong and John Steingard from Hawk Nelson have said, we no longer believe in Jesus. People have claimed that they have entered through the gate, through the narrow gate, but they live their lives 
in a different way. They live their lives as if they were on that broad path. They act like the world. They look like the world. They talk like the world. And they live like this. Is, their lifestyle is like the world. And it is that same lifestyle that will condemn those who live like that on the day of judgment. Hear this because this is the word of God. This isn't just a preacher up here screaming. This is the word of God. It is our lifestyles that will define what happens on that day of judgment. Not just that you said yes to an answer question. Let's look at verse 21, chapter 7 of Matthew. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Let me read that again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not talk about you? Did we not share about you? And in your name we drove out demons and performed many miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, you know what, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now I know nobody wants to hear those words from our God, but some will. And I hope it is not any of you that is here today or that are hearing us or that are in reach of, who, uh, of where God has put us this morning. But how can that be possible? How can that be possible? And I have asked myself, and I think about it, how can it be possible that someone is preaching the word of God, sharing the word of God, driving out demons, doing the will of the Father, and not know God. How is that possible? It might seem like it's not possible, but it is. And I've known people like that. I've known, you know, I've shared this with you guys, and I won't say the names of this person because hopefully this person is, is, has changed and, and they're serving God wholeheartedly. But I've known a minister that would sing and preach and teach in the church and people would come to the Lord and come to the altar and be healed and be saved and, and just be glorifying God. And later I, I, I realized that this person had a drug habit and would do drugs to get himself pumped up for his performance at church. Later on, this guy ended up in Skid Row on the floor. I, I know this because I picked him up one day. So there are people that preach the word of God, but yet they are not living the word of God. Many people inside and outside of the church are saying, but you know what? Yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. But when you look at their lives, they look just like the world. The same desires of the world. The only thing different is they have a little bit of religion and they come to church on Sundays. That's the only thing different. But if you look at their lives on Monday, if you look at their lives on Tuesday, if you look at their lives on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's no Jesus. Maybe on Saturday they start to prepare themselves for their little Sunday show. And, 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 and so Saturday's a little less. But you know what? We have to live as believers every day of the week. Jesus Christ is not something that we play with. He is our Lord and Savior. He is our God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is what the power of God. It is the power of God for those who, who believe in the word of God. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that. And if you ask some of these people who are playing these games about their confidence in their salvation, you're going to hear things like, well, I prayed. I prayed to God and I said, God, come into my life. And you know what? I did that sincerely. I did that sincerely. But what could be happening is there could be a trust in feelings, a trust in what they are feeling because they're not doing what their forefathers have directed them to do. And what our forefathers have directed us to do is to look unto Christ Jesus, to look unto the Lord. And we can have an absolute assurance of our salvation. We can be 100% sure of our salvation because the Lord brings change to our life. Each and every person that has opened their hearts to the Lord will have change in their life. Will have change because the power of God will bring change to your life. God will show you areas in your life that are not aligned with Him. God will show you where you need to be disciplined, where you need to be convicted. And he does this, why? Because he is a father that loves his people. Any father, earthly father, that loves his kids will discipline his kids. Much more God will discipline us because he loves us. And he wants us to see the good ways of his holiness. Hebrews 12.8 confirms that. It says, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. If God didn't care, he didn't, wouldn't care. But God cares, and he cares about us. So he teaches us what's right, what's wrong. He prunes us. He, he cares about us. He loves us. The Bible also tells us that we need to make every effort, every effort to live in peace with our brothers and sisters and to live a holy life. We have to live in every effort. We have to make that, every effort. That means it takes, it takes attention, total attention to our walk with Christ. We cannot neglect our walk with Christ. But unfortunately, there are Christians who claim to be men and women of God. And again, they just have a little bit of religion and they go to church. But you know what? They are not passionate. They're not passionate about the word of God. They are not passionate about knowing Christ. They are not convicted of their sins or they're not hurt. They don't feel a thing when they do the wrong thing. They don't feel anything. It's no big deal. They're not concerned about having genuine fellowship with their brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. You go to church on Sunday, and you're pretty moral people. They don't grow in the things of God or their passions for God. 1 John 1, 6 says, So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Now why is God giving us such a message today? 
Why is God not pulling punches? Why is God telling us, listen? Because it's time, it's been time to listen. It's been time to hear the word of God and and understand the supernatural hand of God. Because salvation is a supernatural work of God. Salvation is a supernatural work of God that when you open your heart to Jesus, your heart begins to be recreated. It begins to be changed. The very core of who you are, the heart of who you are, begins to change when you open your heart to the Lord. And if your heart, the core of who you are, is being transformed by the Word of God, listen to that. If your heart if the core of who you are is being transformed by the word of God, then your life will show that. Your life will show that. But people are going to say, Pastor, you know what? You don't know what's in my heart. You know what the Bible says? I don't need to know what's in your heart because you speak it. The Bible says that we know what's in your heart because when you speak It comes from your heart. Well, pastor, you just can't judge a book by its cover. Okay, did Jesus say that? No, he didn't. This is what Jesus says. If you read Matthew 7, 16, it says, But by their fruit you will recognize them. We will recognize believers by their fruit. You don't have fruit. What is that saying? What is it? It's not me saying it's what the word of God is saying. It's what God is saying. And you might say, well, well, you know what? Okay, I don't live like a Christian. I might not look like a Christian, but in my heart, in my heart, deep in my heart, I just love the Lord. You know what the heart is? The heart in Scripture is not a physical heart that we have pumping in us. It is the essence of who we are. It is is a reference of who we are. It is what the human being is. So when you tell me that I may not live like a Christian, but I love Jesus, what you're really telling me is that Jesus Christ has changed the core of my being. That Jesus Christ has changed everything inside of me. Jesus Christ has changed me so that I have now loved him dearly and that I am now filled with him, but it's not going to affect any part of my life. Does that sound right to you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ezekiel 36:26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. When we open our hearts to the Lord, He will remove a heart of stone. I know that in my life 100% because I used to have a heart of stone and I have seen 100% how God has changed that. How God has changed it in a way where my heart, now I, I can love, I used to not be able to love. God brings change. You know, Jesus is amazing. Jesus Christ is amazing. And guess what? If you tried your hardest 
If you tried with all of your mind and will and skill that he has given you to outwit him and trick him, you will be surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised, but you cannot trick God. You cannot trick God. And when he's sharing this message and telling the people he's, about their heart, and, and he's telling them that you, will, you can see who you are by the fruits, he's sitting there and he's teaching and he's preaching, and he says to them, you know what, by your fruits you will recognize them. And he says to them, well, you know what, you're not going to find grapes on a thorn tree, or you're not going to find thorns on a fig tree. And he tells them this, and, and, and the people, I could imagine the people there in Matthew just sitting and saying, well, we know that he's a carpenter. So Jesus, we know you're a carpenter, and you might not be well-informed about agriculture, but you know what? You're right. You're not going to find grapes on a um, thorn tree, and you're not going to find thorns on a fig tree. So you're right, Jesus. So if someone comes and tells you, Otherwise, don't listen to them because they're either lying or they're just insane. But Jesus says this in the same way. Someone comes to me and says that they are a Christian, but they don't look like a Christian. They don't behave like a Christian. They're either lying or insane. You cannot trick Jesus. You cannot trick Jesus. I have an illustration that I'm going to share, and I'm going to be closing up soon, but just pay attention to this. Let's say somebody was going to come and, and preach here. I'll use uh, Isaac as an example. Say Isaac was going to come up here. Come up here, Isaac, so everyone can see you on the camera. Hurry, hurry up, run up here. <laughs> Isaac is our youth pastor, and uh, <laughs> he's a good man. <laughs> He's a man of God, and, um, and, and I love him dearly. And so if you're out there and you're watching him and you have youth, you know, he's a good man to take care of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so if Isaac was going to preach, and, and he, he arrives late to preach, and he just shows up, and, and I'm upset about it, right, because he's late. He's supposed to preach. I'm upset about it. And I say, brother, what happened? You're about 30 minutes late. Everybody's waiting for you. We're waiting for you to preach the word of God. Don't you appreciate the opportunity to share God's gospel? And this is by no means him, but, but I'm just an example. People are waiting for you. People are waiting for you. And he says, well, I'm just late, you know, but, but don't you care? So, well, let me explain something to you. That if Isaac tells me, let me explain what happened. Let me tell you why I'm late, Pastor. You know, I was coming down the street coming down the street and I had a flat tire and, and I started to fix the flat tire and when I was fixing it I was a little distracted I wasn't paying attention and one of the, one of the lug nuts just kind of rolled out into the middle of the street so I put them all on and I went out to get that lug nut and I reached down and I picked it up and when I when I when I picked it up I didn't realize but there was this big semi truck coming right at me and it was about five feet in front of me and it just ran me over just completely ran me over, and that's why I'm late. I would say, I, you know, I, I, I don't believe you, Isaac. He said, why not? Don't you believe the words I'm telling you? You know, I'm here, I'm telling you. Isaac, I don't believe you, I would say. I don't believe you. Why? Because it is impossible. It is impossible 
that you have an encounter with a semi-truck and to be here the same. It is impossible. Impossible. In the same way, I would say, it is impossible for you to have an encounter with the one and only true Jesus Christ and remain the same. It is absolutely impossible that the power of God may hit you like a truck would hit you in the street and that you would not be scratched. It is impossible. The word of God, the power of God will bring transformation into your life. It will renew your mind. It will renew your strength. I finish up today. Why, why is God telling us this? As I'm, as I'm preparing this message, I'm thinking, why? Why, God? Why are you telling us this today? Is it that some of us here are not really Christians? I don't know. Maybe you got to check yourself. And if you're not, that doesn't mean it's all over for you. It means that God can restore you. It means that God can bring restoration to your life. It means that God can change things in your life if you just let him be God. This led me to look at our mission statement for our church. Part of our mission statement says that we believe that we are living in a season where the vitality of the church depends on authentic believers. Or those who seek to live their lives in faith. I really believe that 100%. The church is under attack. The people of God are under attack. And I'm not saying that we have to worry and freak out or anything about that. Because there's no point in, there's no point in freaking out. But, there, but we do need to focus on Jesus. Yes. We, de- we do need to focus on the mighty power of God. We do need to preach the word of God like it says it in the scriptures. I once preached on a mission trip to a family. We knocked on their doors and I went in there and I asked those questions. Well, do you want to believe in Jesus? And they're yes. Do you want to accept Jesus? Yes. Do you want to open your heart? Yes. But I really don't think they did it because they wanted to. They did it because they were being just kind because they invited me into their home. And I don't know, maybe some of us have done that. Maybe some of us that are listening on our social media have have opened their hearts to Christ like that. But the point is we need to give total attention to our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to give everything we got because you know what? It is not easy to go on the narrow road and stay on the narrow road. It is not easy, but it is not hard at the same time because we don't do things in our own strength. We do things in the mighty power of Jesus Christ. But we can't stop preaching the Word of God and telling people that, okay, you believe in your heart, you love the Lord, go ahead, carry on with your sinful lifestyle. That's not what we are here to do. And we are not here to, to do anything but to share the truth. Say so you could go ahead and live your lifestyle, but understand that you're living in sinful ways and you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So says the Bible. So says the word of God.
I'll read that scripture again. Matthew 7, 13 says, you, cannot, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many to choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only few will ever find it. Don't look to shortcuts. Forget about the shortcuts and remember who you are in Jesus Christ. Remember, you are a child of God. And if you have really never done that, then today's the day for you to do that. If you have never even accepted the Lord, remember I said people have been playing church for their whole lives and then realize, you know what, I've never really had an encounter with God. So we're seeing people falling away from the faith. We're seeing people just go by the wayside because they are not having an encounter with God. Because you would say that I'd be crazy, right, if a semi-truck ran me over and didn't do a thing to me. You would say that's not possible. But is not the power of God greater than anything is not the power of God greater than any force that this world has ever seen? Is it not the power of God? Is, is, is the power of God can just, with just a word, just destroy everything. With just a word, bring life to everything. And you're telling me that you can have an encounter with God and then just remain the same? I'm not buying that. Not because I don't believe you, but because what the Bible tells me. Because what the Word of God tells me. The only way to salvation is through Christ Jesus. That is the only way. And we have to kind of gut check ourselves, people of God. We are the people of God. And we should wear that badge with honor. We are God's people. And we need to share God's strength and power and holiness and morality to the world by the way we live our lives. Not just by what we say, but by the way we live our lives. Do you know that hope, the hope for humanity is only through Jesus Christ? We can only have hope if we have Jesus Christ. But we see what the world is doing. Let's tear down the statues of Jesus. Let's tear down the things that matter. You see what the world is doing, but we know that there is only hope in Jesus. If there's going to be change, it is going to be through Jesus. We've seen these stories play out years and years and years in the past. And the same thing is happening now. There will not be change. There will not be any significant change without Jesus. And I cannot stress that enough. The local church, the local church, there cannot be change if the local church does not embrace who Christ is. And the local church does not embrace who, the power of God and the power of reconciliation, the power of love and the power of the Holy Spirit. It starts with the local church. It starts with you. Don't play with your salvation. Don't play games with your salvation. But pastor, I'm not playing games. It's just that the things of this world just, they have such a pull on me. Stop playing games. 
but I can't. The power of, of, of the temptation is too much. Stop playing games. Because the power of God, you tell me the power of God is weaker than a temptation? No. Stop playing games. The power of God is sufficient. The power of God will enable you to stand firm. It is the power of God that will enable you to see His glory. If you play games, there is a chance that you will not see the glory of God. And that is for God to decide. It is not for pastors and church leaders to say who's going to hell and who's not going to hell. But we are just telling you what the Word of God says. And God says, I will know you by your fruit. That's how God knows us. So why is God telling us this this morning? I'll tell you why. Because he loves us. Because he loves each and every one of us. And I know maybe some of us fall into this category, but maybe some of us need to understand that we need to check our hearts. And where are we giving attention to? Where are we putting the strength that God has given us? Are we putting all our strength into our jobs? Are we putting all our strength into our families? Are we putting all our strength into different things and not giving God what He deserves? And that may be true in all of us. I know that's, that happens to me too. But we have to be better. We have to be stronger. We have to live the Word of God because God loves us. And God loves you. And God wants to bring change in your life. And I'm not talking about social justice change. I'm talking about change in you. Change in your life. Salvation change. Spiritual change. A holiness change. God wants you to know who He is and walk in His glory. So if we're going to have hope in our cultures, we first have to put our hopes in Jesus. And that will then flow out into the streets and into the people. And don't tell me that it's too late, that we can't do it. It is never too late, and God is almighty and all-powerful. If you are young, if you are old, if you are in the middle somewhere, it is never too late to 100% choose Jesus and to live that way. Now this is God speaking to us. I know this isn't me because I don't like to speak like this. But I know that God is speaking to us. And he's telling us, let's go, church. Let's do this in the name of Jesus. You are backed by the Holy Spirit. You are backed by the mighty power and presence of God himself. For those of you who are believers, let's just be frank. We have a little bit of time on this earth. And then we get to leave. So let's just make the best of it. In the name of Jesus. Let the power of God flow in a mighty way. Let God's glory be seen. Don't be one of those that, oh, if I, I'm just going to barely make it to heaven. I'll be dragged in. 
no, don't be dragged in. Because that's a false thing to think about. You can't be dragged in. You have to walk in saying, Jesus, I'm here. I love you, Lord. I know you love me. And we can have that assurance through the word of God, through the power of change of the word of God in our lives. So church, let's, let's allow God, let's just allow God to, to do that in our lives. Let's not play games. Let's trust in him and in his mighty strength. Lord, help us. Father, as we pray here, I cry to you, Lord Jesus. I refuse to think that we are hopeless, Lord, because I know that we are not, because you are my God. You are our God. But I ask for help, Lord Jesus. We all need help. We all need you, Lord Jesus. And I know, Father God, that you are telling us to tighten our belts and walk with you. And I pray, Father God, that you give us the strength, Lord Jesus, to do that. Give us the strength, Father, to live a holy life, not only on Sundays, but the rest of the week, and then the next Sunday, and then the rest of the week, and then the next Sunday, and then the rest of the week. Let us live holy lives, Lord Jesus, 100% of the times. Let us not forget about you when we are doing other things. Let us do other things and always think about you while we do it. Let you be the epicenter of our lives, Lord Jesus, that everything we do comes from you. So, Father, I pray for your people. I pray for the church. I pray, Father God, that your mighty hand be upon your church, that your Holy Spirit do a mighty, mighty work in your people. I pray, Father God, for those who don't even know you, all those people out there that think that serving you is, is not even worth it. I pray, Father God, for those people. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you show them how worth it you are. I heard, Lord Jesus, some people with, with this protest saying, by all means necessary, we must bring change. And I say the same thing, by all means necessary, Lord, bring change to their lives. May your mighty hand be upon them. May your pressure of your hand squeeze them until they look to you, Lord Jesus. May your Holy Spirit show them that there can be love. May your Holy Spirit, Father, bring salvation because that is the power. That is your power, Lord, salvation. Oh, Father, we love you and we praise you, Lord Jesus, and we give you all the glory, Lord. I pray, Father, that as we sing, Father, that you minister to your people. And if you're hearing on, on our media pages, I pray that God ministers to you right there where you're at. Right there where you're at. In Jesus' name. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you're not a believer. But I am going to ask you if you are not a believer 
that you accept Christ right now, just how you are. And if you're playing games with God, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I am going to ask you to take it to God right now. Take it to God and say, God, help me. God will help you. Lord, minister to us. Minister to us, Father, as we sing this song before we dismiss. Minister to your people. Jesus, we need you. Thank you for loving us, Lord.